Welcome to another podcast episode with Coach Kathy. Today, I am super excited to have Coach Betty with me. Hi. Hello. She is um, a career coach and one that I really, I came across her profile on LinkedIn and, and through our uh, Coach Academy, through IPEC Coach Academy, and really find her work fascinating and very relevant to some of the stuff we talk about around ADHD and impacts of it in the workplace, especially for professionals. A lot of times we are caught in uh, careers where we don't feel fulfilled, where we are, you know, second guessing ourselves, thinking, what's the next thing? Is there a better job for me than this one? Or that there is the current position and, and are you really thriving and showing up in it? The, the big way that that you should be. So in this little banter that we're going to have back and forth, this conversation we're going to have with Coach Betty, we're going to talk about that and I'm going to pick her brain and she's going to share some wisdom around uh, career transitioning, successfully transitioning careers. So stay tuned. This is going to be a good conversation. Uh, with that, I'm going to introduce, uh, I'm going to get Betty to introduce herself to us, please. Cool. So glad to be here. I'm a big fan of yours, Kathy. So it's just so good to be connected to you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm an executive career change coach. So essentially, I'm helping mid to senior level corporate women transition out of unfulfilling jobs into careers they love. So um, and that's my story. I was in the corporate world. I was in corporate communications for over a decade. Um, I, I would job hop because I was unhappy, um, right? I kept kind of like, ah, oh, this isn't it for me, let me switch companies. And what I came to realize was it was not the right fit for me. Um, I felt unfulfilled. I didn't feel passionate about what I was doing. Um, you know, there were a lot of reasons why it was not a good fit for me. Problem was, I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. That's part of what keeps you staying stuck in a role that's not a good fit for you is, well, what else am I gonna do? Um, so for me, one of my superpowers is reading and research. I know Kathy and I talk a lot about books that we're reading and stuff like that. So I'm, I love reading and research. So I've read everything on how to find your passion and how to successfully career transition. Um, and, and that's how I figured it out for myself. Um, and ended up realizing I'm supposed to be a career coach. That's when I'm in my element is helping other people, um, figure out their passion. So that's um, what essentially led me to make this transition. Um, and it's part of that reading and research that I've used um, in combination with our training at IPEC to create this career bliss coaching program, helping people going from, I'm stuck, I'm unfulfilled, this isn't my job, to getting clarity on, this is it for me, this is the direction I need to head in, and then helping them achieve that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And she drops some really good gold on LinkedIn. Um, most of the week, every week almost, it's like, oh man, I'm, I look like the biggest fan because I like everything she says. And I, oh, I love you for that. Share everything that she says because they're so practical, such good tips and so forth. Uh, Betty, just a uh, full name. How can people connect with you on LinkedIn just before I forget? Yeah. So it's Betty, B-E-T-T-Y, Kempa, K-E-M as in Mary, P's and Paul, A. Um, you can find me searching me on LinkedIn or um, just BettyKempa.com. Awesome. So let's get to it. One of the things I want to start off with is um, yesterday I was doing a talk around focus at workplace. And in my research, I came up with some of these, um, I, I came across these uh, stats that I found quite fascinating. So 
bear with me while I read through these. Two third of adults with ADHD are more likely to have been fired from their jobs. Two thirds. Three times more likely to have impulsively quit jobs. Yours truly was one of those. One third more likely to have chronic employment difficulties. Hmm. So really going from job to job, not, not keeping it. 50% more likely to have changed jobs in a given period. Uh, man, I, I hear that often in, in the people that I come across. And the salary earnings are less than the non-ADHDers. Mm. So that sense of, you know, I, I don't want to speak up. Maybe I'm not worth it. So, so there's that little playing small that happens. So to me, this, this says a lot that there is the adults with ADHD in the workplace are really impacted by their brain. So one, what, and, and it's interesting. So without knowing, you may be having clients that have ADHD and may not tell you, or maybe they yeah, do. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, one of the things that I see as I uh, came out and publicly said, hey, I've got ADHD, there were some previous coworkers that are like, oh, don't talk about it in public. It's, you know, it's a disability. You, there's a stigma around it, mm. especially in corporations. So be careful how you bring it up. And I said, you know what? It's my gift. I know how to work with it. I've thrived it. with it. Uh, I, I didn't even know I had it for, you know, for, for all these years in the corporate side and there's no shame in it, but there are still those of us that are still in the closet Mm -hmm. or that we don't want to talk about it. So that affects us at work. So when we're looking at what do we want to do for our next career, the next, uh, best thing that really fits us. One of the things that we sit down and talk about is, you know, your, your strengths, your passion, what are you good at? So, and I know there's a conversation you would have with your clients. So walk me through that. Somebody's about to transition from one career to another. What are, what is that dialogue that you have with your clients? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? Yeah, absolutely. So yes, it's, those are some really powerful stats that you shared, by the way, it's, it's really kind of got my wheels turning in my own head here. Um, but yeah, the process that I use with people that come to me that are unfulfilled at work, but they don't know what would be the right fit, um, is a five-step process called the career bliss coaching process that I work people through. So the hope is, especially with what you're sharing, we do all this work on the back end so that they can get that clarity. So once they get their role, they've really chosen their choice. They've really aligned it with who they are at every level, right? And including, you know, every part of who they are, their personality. Um, So it's five different steps I walk people through. Step one is unpacking your story. Step two is clarifying your vision. Step three is gathering your clues. And step four is narrowing it down. Step five is making the actual transition. So that's kind of the overview. Um, Step one, unpacking your story. You know, I always say to people before people come to me, they just want to go, you know, full force ahead. Like, let's go, let's get the resume. Like, whoa, wait a sec. Um, Before we move forward, A, we got to look inside and see what's been holding you back so far, right? What limiting beliefs might you be clinging to, right? Like what thoughts are you attaching to that could be affecting you? So we got to look inside, um, but we also got to look in the rearview mirror. So a really powerful exercise that I start with, um, and, and anybody could do this that's watching, 
get a look at your resume or your LinkedIn profile, go through your job history and look for clues. Pick out what you loved about each role. Those are massive clues. And also pick out what you're no longer willing to tolerate about each role, right? So you're gathering these clues. I did this exercise with one woman. She was an executive assistant at a huge corporation. She absolutely wanted out. She was ready to go. Um, we did this exercise and what she uncovered was, hey, the one thing I actually love about this role is I love when the CEO asked me to organize his office and move around furniture. Um, mm -hmm. She ended up opening her own personal organization business. Amazing. Right? So these are Hold clues. for a second and yeah. I want to interrupt you there because my ADD is coming in fast. Do so. it. Do it. Yeah. Bring it. Um, one of the things I work on with, with, uh, as, so I also went through and I'm still going through the ADD coach Academy. And one of the things that our mentor talks about is working on your strengths, mm -hmm. celebrating your character strengths and knowing what you're really good at and what just kind of lights you up. And you just nailed that because some of the times we forget that some of the pivotal points in our lives, in our career, was when we were so aligned and we were tapped into our strengths that yes. we did something magical. And yeah. we call it actually magical moment lists and rainbow lists, right? And so I always tell my clients, a resume is a good example of that, right? Because it says these are all my accomplishments, but also having like a list somewhere in your office that you're constantly looking at saying, organization, I'm damn good at this. Yes. Where can I do more of that? Or, um, some ADDers pay amazing attention to detail. Mm -hmm. What if you found a job where you're also like a little private investigator? Bingo. And, you know, forensic accounting, for example. If yeah. that's a jam, there's a job for that, right? Yes. So sorry, I had to interrupt because no, I love it. The label that we put it on is is the magical moments, the magical, you know, the magnificent me moments, the rainbow list. So love it. No, I love that, list. and. I I think about that too. I guess sometimes the way I refer to that is times where you are in a state of flow, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost, and, and I, not to get too deep down the rabbit hole, but IPEC speak, it's like level six, right? Like times where um, you're doing something at work and like time flies, right? You're just like, it doesn't even feel like work. Um, those, are, those are magical moments that you need to capture. And those are clues, right? Yeah. So um, that's a really powerful first exercise um, that I like to do with people. And, and also, you know, touching on the limiting beliefs that people are holding. Mm. Oh, I, I can't, you know, I'm maybe, you know, it has to do with ADHD. I, I could never do XYZ role because of, you know, this part of myself, right? So we really have, I prefer when I work with people to confront the limiting beliefs, the gremlins first, yeah. because what I don't want to happen is get to step four and they found the perfect career but now they've got all this stuff holding them back on the inside. So it's important to understand, okay, what's been holding you back so far? We need to just nail that from the get-go. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Part of step one. The, yeah, and the more that they understand the neurology of their brain and how that sometimes hijacks them, that's even important too. Because I, I see some of my clients where they've done research, like so much, I'm like, wow, you could be an ADHD coach yourself. Because they've read so many books, they, they, they're junkies yes. almost, right? But then when it comes to the how to implement, how to compartmentalize all of this information, I think that's where the benefit of a coaching session comes in, where we yes. can help them kind of walk through that. 
So I'm so so speaking of unpacking, now unpack the second step for me. Yeah. So step two is clarifying your vision. So it's like, all right, great. At this point, we've looked inside. We've we've taken a look at our gremlins, you know, our, our or what you know we also refer to as inner inner critic saboteur. We've looked at that inside. We've looked in the rear view mirror. We've looked at our history. Now we gotta look ahead. Now we gotta look forward. Um, one of the things I like to do, again, um, you know, I, an IPEC tool is uh, create a life plan. Mm -hmm. And why is this important to someone when they are career changing? Well, what I always try to explain to people is, especially these successful corporate women that I'm working with, um, a lot of the time they're fitting the rest of their life into the nooks and crannies of their job. Oh, let me, I'll fit in a workout when I can, time with the kids. You know, they're, they're doing the best they can to fit that into the nooks and crannies of the job they have. I want to flip that. I want you to tell me what kind of a life you want to create for yourself. And I want to help you find a career that's going to be a bridge to getting you closer to the life you want to create. Um, if you're considering five different career options, I'm here to tell you that each option is either going to get you closer to the life you want to create, or it's going to move you further away. It's one or the other. So it's important to know what do you want life to look like? Um, three years from now, five years from now, because we will align that with, with your career. So that's that, part of step two. I wish I knew you 10 years ago. <laughs> I know. I say it to myself, I'm like, why didn't I know this like 10 years ago? From oh, I know, right? Yeah. But it's like, and you know, we know that we have to go through. I love the bad jobs that I've had because yes. how would I ever know that I wasn't meant to do that unless I felt the pain of going through something that was such an ill-fitting job for me. Yeah, um, the bad bosses, the had to. toxic work environments. Yes, yeah. Bingo, yeah. yes. That's so what happens, yeah. That's part of step two. I also do a mission statement builder, right? So, you know, a lot of the clients I work with, part of the problem is they're not, you, you better be flinging your sheets off Monday morning, like, oh, I can't wait to start. That's how I feel about the job I'm doing right now. Um, I certainly didn't feel that way when I was in corporate communications. Um, so I work with clients to develop what is your personal mission statement? What's your why? What's that thing that drives you no matter what? Um, because again, depending on what your mission is, your personal mission statement, we want to line a, a career up with you that, that is going to honor that. Um, you know, when you sign on to a role with a company, you're basically signing on to their mission statement. Yeah, their values, yeah. You're signing on. It's like, wait a second. No, no, no. What's yours? Now let's find you a company that's already aligned with what you were put on this planet to do. That's and another talk about manifesting it almost, right? So, so let, let's get a little woo-woo there. It's, I, it, yeah. It is that kind of, the, the more clarity you have, the, the more it'll come to you. It's kind of like when I started coaching, I was going after executive coaching, but the more deeper I dug inside and I said, you know, this ADHD thing, there's a thing here. And the minute I kind of declared that I want to work with adults with ADHD, it's almost like every networking event I went to, there's like two or three adults with ADHD. Yes. So it's, it's like, you know, and it's that mind's eye, the minute you put it in front of you, then you start seeing more of it as opposed to sitting back and saying, oh, my ideal job is not out there. So it sounds Absolutely. like you're working with them to get that clarity and then it, it kind of comes to them. They, they start seeing it more. Absolutely. No, it's um, just a mini story about this book like eight years ago. Um, it's, I think it's called, where will you be five years from today? Mm -hmm. um, 
I think the author is Dan Zedra, Z-E-D-R-A, I think. Um, but I bought that book a while back and it had an exercise figuring out your mission. And I wrote something like, and I, I didn't even know what a coach was back then, but I wrote something like my mission is in life is to help other people find and live their passion and, and find true inner peace. Um, and I didn't even know what that meant. And it's just so crazy that years later, I picked up that book on my shelf looking for exercises for my clients. I read that. I read that mission that I wrote in my writing eight years ago. And I was, I, I had like goosebumps. Cause I'm like, I, it was there. It was like the, the red Ruby slippers. I just needed to click my heels. It's crazy, but you're right. You put it out there and it, you, you just planted a seed. You just and you plant it. the seed and you play the part and you show up, right? Yeah. It's all those cliches, but it, it is so true when, when you plant it and then you just kind of, you just show up every day. You show up with that sense of curiosity. You show up with that sense of, I wonder what's going to happen today. And one of the things with, with us ADHDers is we get too impatient and we uh, want to yeah. get results right away. We want to go to that, like, boom, there it is right there. I've, I've, you know, climbed the corporate ladder, like super fast. How fast can I do it? But it's to slow down and to just kind of be present with yourself and go through that sense of curiosity and really stay true to that mission and not be attracted. So Betty, I'm going to interrupt the process for a bit to say, what if like there's three ideal jobs all of a sudden show up? Like, yeah. oh my God, there it is. I have lots of choices now. Yeah. What yeah, then? it happens. I mean, definitely. I, I have clients that, you know, throughout the process, they're reaching out like, Oh, look at this link. Um, you know, what I would say is the process I'm walking people through, we're gathering clues and, and we'll talk about this in step three, but essentially I'm helping you with these clues, separate them into the nice to haves and the non-negotiables. Mm -hmm. So when you have jobs popping up, um, what I try to do is, is move away from shiny object syndrome. Oh, that looks great. Look at that. That looks cool. And just pulling back your list of non-negotiables that we've kind of figured out from this process and comparing it to the careers that, that you're considering. Okay, does this career allow me to have variety? Yes or no? If you don't know, you better find out before you go through the process. Does this career allow me to have autonomy? Yes or no, right? So anytime a career pops up, that's the idea behind creating a list of non-negotiables. That's your framework. You need yeah. to do a cross check every time you're considering a career. Yeah, I feel like I'm on a dating conversation right now too. Because <laughs> yeah. it is that, right? Yeah. It is. It's standards. These are my, you know, yeah. non-negotiables or I'm not dating you. <laughs> it's really funny. I, I always joke with my fiance that job searching can be like dating because you are creating, just like you said, standards. You're, you're finding, um, you're looking for this fit, this Prince Charming, which by the way, no job's going to be your perfect Prince Charming. It's not about perfection. It's about how closely can I align with my non-negotiables? never going to find a, a 10 out of 10. Right? Okay, good. It's, yeah. it's like yeah. how, it's just how close can I get? Yeah. And then I guess the rest of it is, is uh, what we learned is, is your energy and how you show up in that role and what you yeah. do with it. Right. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, I remember there was a time where in one organization, I was fighting the good fight for everybody because mm. I was a helper, you know, I was, yeah. it was the department that I was in, but I would see other people needing help. And I would even help the ones that didn't need help. And it would, I would be misunderstood. It's like, why are you stepping over my toes? I'm like, well, actually, I'm trying to help you. 
Yes. So knowing then how to manage this energy inside us of because we have so much passion, because we want to give so much, is where to focus it so that we don't burn out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So step three we talked about then was the, the standards, I guess, the non-negotiables. Well, step three is, is what I call gathering your clues. So, so at this point in the process, um, your non-negotiables really, we're not into that yet because we still are kind of fresh from looking at the past, looking inside, looking forward. Step three is gathering your clues. Um, so this is where I really tell people, um, put on your detective hat. Like this is the meatiest part of the process. This is where we explore what makes you tick. Um, I like to throw a bunch of assessments at people at this point. Mm. Um, one that I, I work on with people is called uh, the Reasec or the Holland Occupational um, Assessment. Um, and, and people can look that up if they're interested. Um, but it's, it's a 12-page interactive report, and it's going to assign you a, a three-letter code based on um, your Holland code. So there's realistic, investigative, artistic, social, enterprising, and conventional. So you're gonna get assigned a three letter code based on those six categories, and then it's gonna spit out career recommendations for you. So it's a really interesting assessment. Um, so that's, that's a part of gathering your clues. I love Strengths Finder. Mm -hmm. The Gallup Strengths Finder is such a juicy one for gathering clues about what your strengths are. Um, of course, we wanna look at your values. I do a values assessment, that's critical. Can you imagine trying to go into a role that doesn't honor your values of, of yes, who you are? Yeah. Right. Like, and, and same with me when I was in the, my corporate role, um, you know, what I uncovered for myself, my values are freedom. Mm -hmm. Like I want to have the freedom to, you know, do what I want to do each day. Autonomy. Um, that's very important to me and passion. I need to feel passionate about what I do. Um, and my roles weren't honoring that. So you got to figure out what your values are because that's going to go on your list of non-negotiables. Yeah. Um, personality type. Right. So Myers-Briggs is a juicy one to figure out, you know, again, I'm, I'm an introvert. I love one-on-one. -on -one. Same. And I, I was in this corporate role where I had to be this extrovert nah, 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 and that's not me. Um, so we got to do a personality assessment. Um, but, but that's what I'm kind of doing. I'm throwing these footballs at my clients, like take this one, take this one. And sometimes you get results and you're like, ah, oh, that's not really, I don't need that. And sometimes you get results and you're like, man, that's important to me. Mm -hmm. Right. So, mm -hmm. so that's all step three is gathering. We're just gathering clues. We're just seeing what sticks. Um, step four is where we narrow it down. That's where we take all the clues. And, and I think people in general get very overwhelmed if they're doing step three by themselves. Oh yes. Right. It's like ADHD brain because we can't compartmentalize. We have a hard time. We go into analysis paralysis. We go into over research. Okay. And yep. then we don't know how to bring it back together. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's so true too, because you get all these assessments. You're like, now what, what do we do with this? Right? So step four is what I call narrowing it down. And this is where we take all your clues and we separate them into two buckets. The nice to have, Oh, wouldn't it be great? I made this much money and I, I had this and I lived in Hawaii, whatever your nice to haves are the clues. And the second bucket is your non-negotiables, right? So, so the question you got to ask yourself is, if I don't have this one thing in my next career, would I be blissfully happy? Yes or no? So for example, you know, the value of autonomy, I could ask myself, if I don't have autonomy in my next role, could I be fulfilled? 
Um, the answer is no. So that goes on my non-negotiable list, right? So we separate them into these two buckets. And then the pinnacle of the process is this, what I call a dream career scorecard. And that's where you're actually going to list the career ideas you have that came out of the assessments in part three. And you're going to cross-reference that with your non-negotiables. We're actually gonna quantify this. You're gonna rank on a scale of one to five for each non-negotiable, um, how closely it aligns with the career you're considering. Now, now how do you, right? It's like quantify it, take it out of this nebulous, like, oh, I don't know, mm -hmm. like let's put some numbers to it. And that's gonna require research. That's gonna require you speaking to other humans that are doing the roles you're considering and doing informational interviews. Um, you know, that's going to require you getting on Facebook groups of people that are doing the jobs you're considering and picking their brains. Um, and there's a long list of things, but that's really the point in the process. Step four, that the light bulb goes off and people just say, this career scored out so much higher with my non-negotiables than these other ones. This makes mm -hmm. sense. I can choose my choice. I can get behind my choice. Yeah, that, you know, it, it's, um, I was, call it lucky, call it blessed, whatever, it's I went into marketing at, at such an early age and I, I came from an entrepreneurial family. So it was kind of in me to, to be a risk taker, to be creative and all of that. Yeah. And I thrived in that marketing and digital marketing and online marketing for 20 years. And I think, so not everybody ha gets that, you know, that being at the right place at the right time. And from the sounds of this, like imagine, so if you're listening and you're in that crossroads of what's next for me, what's my next 20 years look like? And when I transitioned out of marketing into coaching was, do I want to do marketing for the next 20 years? And that was, a, you know, I had to sit mm -hmm. with that and say, really, is, is this really what I want to do? Because I can do it now. And not to sound egotistical is I could do it with my eyes closed, but what's the next 20 years? What, where else can I make an impact? Yeah. And coaching came to me like loud and clear. Um, so what you just explained was so beautiful in that here's, here's a Betty that can sit with you and kind of walk you through. And, and if, regardless, whether it's Betty, me, whoever else is having that sounding board, having that co-pilot to really help you guide you through the next chapter. Cause it's one thing to read all these self-help books, all these yeah. What color is your parachute and all those other books around career um, transition. But it really helps when you're brainstorming your next thing with another human being that has no attachment to what you're, you're all about. That doesn't judge that they're really essentially your unconditional champion and are there to kind of guide you through it. So um, I love your process. And it's just like, so we're not even, we didn't even do step five yet, right? We're still step four. Well, you know, step four is you've made your choice. Yeah. Like, yay, like we and take a is wide open. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Take a, take a minute to celebrate. And, you know, just a quick side note, because I'm a very step-by-step -step kind of strategic coach. Like that's my style. But I, I want to throw in this caveat for people. Um, even once you get to the scorecard and you've quantified and it's like, ah, the numbers, right? You mm -hmm. take a minute to do a gut check, right? Mm -hmm. So as you're considering maybe your top three, um, really checking in with yourself and do I feel excited and expansive mm -hmm. when I consider this idea or do I feel restricted 
contracted and a lump in my throat or wherever you feel it. So mm -hmm. do a gut check. We got to do, we got to balance the quantifiable scorecard with the gut check. It's got to align. So just wanted to throw that in there too, because um, even I can get away from that sometimes and it's important to do both. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at least it's not impulsive. At least yes. it's not, okay, tomorrow I'm going to resign and go do something else. Um, right. And a lot of us, as much as we like to go by our intuition and take risks, it's good to have this homework, this pre-work done so that we can say, you know what, I'm fully aligned. The head, the heart, the gut, it's all connected so that nobody can get in the way of me making this next move. Bingo. That's yeah. the idea here is, um, is this is the opposite of impulsive. This is really getting behind your choice so that you're unshakable and that you have this framework of non-negotiables for the rest of your life, no matter what, where your career journey takes you. I love it. I now, love step five, you know, you can let me know how deep down the rabbit hole you want to go, but step five is just making the transition, right? So I don't want to leave people with, oh, you figured it out. Good luck. You know, so step five is let's, build you a bridge to get you there. And, you know, that's where we get into the nitty gritty tangible, you know, stuff. So, um, you know, it's the marketing material, right? So once, if you're doing a career change, you have to retarget your resume so that it's speaking to the transferable skills you have that are aligned with the role you're going after. So, um, you know, I have like what I call a create a killer resume process. Mm -hmm. I take people through, um, you want an ATS friendly resume. It's got to pass through the resume robot. Um, you need to rebrand your LinkedIn profile, right? So we're essentially we're rebranding you so that, um, because my clients are typically like, yeah, sometimes they're making massive career changes. Um, What's but, ATS? Sorry. Oh yeah. So the ATS is what I call the resume robot. So it's the system when you apply for a job online, there is a robot, there is a system that is scanning to see if you have keywords in there and um, certain years of experience. And if you don't, it's kicking you out. Mm -hmm. So some people are using templates that are not ATS friendly, meaning the robot isn't pulling from the right fields because mm -hmm. your formatting's all over the place or you don't have the right keywords. Um, so, yeah. But that being said, um, side note is, I wouldn't really recommend that people go straight online and start applying at all. I would recommend what I, um, what I focus on with people is what I call the hidden job market. You want to get to these roles before they're even posted. Mm -hmm. So it's really more about networking strategy. How do I go around this robot that's just, you know, pushing people out based on whatever random thing. So it's about building your network. Um, it's about, making sure your network understands what companies you're targeting. So at this point, once you've chosen your role, you want to create a target company list and share that with your network. Hey guys, you know, this is what I'm targeting. These are the companies. Do you have any feedback on this? Do you know anyone that works here? I want to learn more about these companies. So you're starting to build relationships, right? Um, I have an example of somebody that mentioned to their hairdresser, right? Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm targeting these different companies. Oh, one of my other clients works there. Wow. That's incredible. Right. Hook up with that person, go to lunch with them, learn more about that company. That person then becomes your sponsor. They essentially could sponsor you, you know, refer you to that role, introduce you to the hiring manager. So there's layers of networking that's totally achievable 
but very important to do so that you're not home applying to 50 jobs and then yeah. oh, I didn't get any callback because, you know, there's a better way to do it. And you know what I like about this process is, you know, the cart before the horse or whatever, because what you're doing, so usually it's like, I want to change my career. I'm going to go apply and look for jobs yeah. where you've done all this pre-work, all this homework and all this soul searching ahead of time so that when you do go and tell somebody that, you know, Hey, I'm looking for a job. And they say, what are you looking for? Yeah. Not like, well, anything I need to get a hell out of whatever. I'm yep. It's you're actually the way you're going to explain yourself. is going to come across yes. so much more powerfully. Right. Yeah. And so, and you, you will speak with confidence because now you know what Mr. Or Mrs. Right looks like. Yes. Right? So you know who you want to marry. So it's, it's like, you know, bringing it back to that is, is again, going eyes wide open and you're, more genuine and I think absolutely and I think the people around you will respect that more right because yeah. imagine you go to your network hey I'm looking for a job I'm tired of this one if you come play it from that place of want want and negative and woe me I'm sorry I'm not going to recommend it it's yeah. almost like can you go do some soul searching figure out what you want to do before you come to me absolutely so, so I like that how you're kind of prepping them for that I like what you said too, because, you know, part of this whole process in step five is also developing your narrative, right? Like what's the story you're telling people? And there's a difference between, oh yeah, I want to work for your company. It's like this cookie cutter, whatever you read on the website versus my mission in life is to do X, Y, Z. This role allows me to live my mission. My values are ABC. This role allows me to align with my values right? Like exactly what you said, you're really behind your choice. It becomes a part of your narrative, your elevator pitch. It's on your branding materials. It's how you speak to people. It's in the interview. It's with your network. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And it, I mean, just even you hearing you say it, it just makes you sound like a happier person. Like I would want to hire yeah. you. <laughs> right. Cause you're you know? excited. Yeah. Happy. yeah. And who wouldn't want to hire somebody who's got their act together and, and, you know, knows who they are. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, right? Because we go in blindly and then six months later, when that adrenaline drops off, when that honeymoon period is over, you yeah. go back to your old ways of being and, and you know, oh shit, well, this isn't, this isn't as exciting as I thought it was. Right. Yeah. So again, it's, it's the pre-work is so important. So Absolutely. that we're not jumping from the thing to the thing and then coming back and being a victim to it and saying, well, I can never find the right job or there, I, I didn't get the right salary because man, imagine doing that search. Cause in the beginning I talked about being underpaid when you do that soul searching and when you really bring out your strengths, you can ask for the right amount. Yes. And I've done that in career transitioning where I asked for a big number and in my family and friends, are you sure? I mean, are they going to pay you? I, in my heart of hearts, I knew I had it. Mm -hmm. And each time I've asked for that salary, I've received it because I know what I'm capable of. I knew how to present it. Right. And I, and I think that's the thing is when you figure out your self-esteem stuff, that story yeah. that you've been telling yourself that, you know, inner critic and you quiet that down and really focus on, this is my worth. This is who I am. You, you will roll that number will roll off your tongue like yeah, yeah this, this is it this is what I think my salary is absolutely and it's almost like because they see it and hear it in you they will they don't even blink they're like yeah 
that's the number. We like that number. It's a good number. hundred <laughs> percent. And, and to your point too, and I, I am, I'm strange. I love negotiating. Like, yes, let's negotiate. I love when my clients get to that stage. Um, but you know, these companies, they, they're coming they're They've got a job open because they want to solve a pain point. They have yeah. a pain point. So your job is to go in there and share with them why you are about to solve that pain point, what you're bringing, how you've solved a similar pain point in the past, even if it's a total career transition, right? Like think about something similar where you use the same skills. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can convince them that, you know, A, like you're saying, like you've got the confidence and the excitement to be there and B, yeah, I understand your pain point and here's how I'm going to approach it. You don't have to have all the answers, but show them that you're thinking about how to approach that, that pain point. Um, it's like, then the number becomes a little less important that they, they give you. Cause they're like, well, what's it worth to us for this person to come in and solve our pain? Mm-hmm. Right. So all those things. Yeah. All I love because you just made trigger another thing for me is um, there's research and studies around neurodivergent people that how they think so much outside the box and how, uh, you know, we can problem solve 10 different ways. And, and so what I heard is from when you're doing research on these companies, you start to see things, you start to get to see some of their pain points because you'll see it online. You'll see it through their conversations. If you're networking, if you're talking to their, co- yes. or their current employees, right? Yes. And then tapping into that inner genius to go, by the way, your problem X, Y, Z, here's five solutions right there on the spot. And knowing that probably nobody else has come up with that or not to that unique of a perspective. So, so yeah. this is to, to our listeners, you have the gift of problem solving. I don't, there's so many people that every seminar, every client, whoever I talk to, they, the, one of the first things I think outside the box, I'm a creative thinker. Like that is just through Beautiful. it comes across, right? And companies need that. There's, there's, you know, bigger organizations now like Microsoft, a few other ones that are hiring people that are on the autism spectrum Mm. or ADHD and creating roles for them because they know these guys and gals can do things so differently and have that different perspective. So imagine doing more research like that to go after companies where your brain is actually celebrated, like just filled, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there are roles out there that are aligned perfectly to who you are naturally. You have to suppress it or hide it. It's like exactly what you said. Um, There are strengths that you have. It's just about finding the role that is the right fit and then communicating to them. Mm -hmm. This is my skill. This is my strength. And this is how I'm going to use the strength to solve your pain. I love it. So Betty, we're coming to a closure here. What's um, one thing that you want to leave our audience with? What's one? Yeah. Um, You know, this work is so important to do. before you on the back end before you before you get into a role because once you get into that role you've chosen your choice you're behind your choice and that's that's what i want for everybody is is to find a role where you know even in times of doubt or like oh it's not going perfectly maybe i should leave you have this framework these non-negotiables that you can say wait a sec i know this is my perfect fit i did this work i'm meant to be here i'm gonna make this work Um, and, and that's what I want for everybody, all of your listeners. Awesome. 
Well, I appreciate this hour. I feel like we could just continue to talk about something. I know. Which I feel like you're going to come back on and we're going to talk Good. about something else soon. Love it. So thank you so much for giving us your gift of time. And I know you're a busy lady and I'm sure our listeners got a lot. I learned a lot. Man, I, I really wish I knew cool. you 10 years ago. <laughs> so, but hey, never too late. So thank you so much for your time Thanks, today. Kathy. And I appreciate it. So to our listeners, don't forget to um, follow me on um, Instagram at proudlyadhd underscore coach Kathy. Please leave us a comment, review this, this episode. Let us know what other um, topics you want. Uh, to, I, I can bring Betty back on and she can give us more insight into what else is going on out there. And don't forget to rate and follow and all that good jazz. So we'll be uh, talking to you next week on another topic. Thank you.